Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, a podcast presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars with regards to game design and publishing. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the fine folks at Double Exposure and their leading game design convention, Metatopia, from which all of these panels were recorded at Metatopia 2017. It's also thanks to the generous contributions of the panel speakers. Now let's get to the show. Episode 160, How to Pitch to Publishers and Kickstarters. Presented by Jennifer Gutterman, Joshua Yearsley, Melissa Lewis Gentry, and Zevis Lassinger. I guess I'm talking. Yes. So this is How to Pitch Your Game, and we're going to be talking about pitching at different points in game development, and we can all introduce ourselves, Cool. starting at that end. <laughs> all right. Hey, I'm Zev Schlesinger, WizKids, Director of Board Games. Cool. I'm Joshua Yearsley. Uh, I run Evil Hat Productions' Fate Worlds line, uh, so I look at a lot of pitches for short supplements for the Fate system. And I'm also an editor, and I work with a variety of game companies from small up to Asmodee. So. Um, cool. My name's Melissa Lewis-Gentry. I am the business manager at Modern Myths, and I sell games, and so I am constantly rewriting the pitches that are given for games to attempt to actually sell them. Oh. I'm Jennifer Gutterman. I am a professor of game design. I teach uh, digital and analog game design at Hampshire College and Manchester Community College in Connecticut. All right. Cool. All right. So, um, so do we want to talk first? Poll the audience on what yeah. they're looking for. I don't know. Do we want to do that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, so we realized that we are coming at expertise from all different levels, from initial development to pitching to publishers and everything in between. Um, so we kind of wanted to get an idea. Uh, we only have what actually forty minutes before questions. Um, uh, what stages of pitching are you looking at? Um, uh, anyone? Uh, who here is a game designer? Okay. Anyone a game publisher? Okay, we've got a couple. Um, How about, who knows what pitching is? Okay. Who, who oh, knows? let's start there then. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Before, before you go there, who's not sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So... Maybe we should talk about you know, a little bit first about the different kinds of pitching that we can talk about, and then we can focus on the things that you guys want to hear more about. So there is pitching at the development stage, pitching in the brainstorming phase, uh, how to get your idea across to get team members, to get funding, to get uh, the initial uh, movement of your game and going into playtesting. And then, someone else. Sorry. Yeah, uh, or kind of from the the other angle, uh, if you are, say, a writer, so if you're working on role-playing games, for example, um, you know, big role-playing game companies uh, will often have writer calls to try to get more people on their team. Uh, you know, even as companies as large as Fantasy Flight are have writer calls out uh, every once in a while. And so, you know, they want to see that you're familiar with their system. They want to see... Uh, that you will be a valuable uh, 
don't really want to put it this way, but valuable cog in their machine. They need lots and lots of words. Um, so rather than pitching to get people on your team, you're trying to pitch in order to get on someone else's team. Yeah. Or it's about pitching to a publisher. You have a, you have a board game, card game, whatnot, and you're meeting a publisher at a convention or approaching them uh, at another fair or something, and you're trying to get their interest in having them look at your game. Yeah, and then I'm the latest stage, which is um, your game is made. It's beautiful, um, but you want someone to buy it, hopefully. Um, and the pitching that you do at these other stages is not the pitching you want to do to a consumer. Um, uh, so you're going to have to change your pitch each and every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, so why don't we start? Um, does everyone who wants to hear about pitching during development? We got to okay. Let's start there. Cool. Okay. Um, Jen, do you want to start? Or Sure. Yeah. So development means slightly different things to different people. Uh, development is your initial idea for the game. And how do you describe that game to someone? I usually uh, suggest the one-sentence pitch. This is a game, whatever kind of game it is, that does this. Say it in one sentence. Imagine you're seated next to someone at on a bus and you have the amount of time to explain it and not get nauseous because you keep looking to the side and you want to like not get carsick. <laughs> so you have, to, you have to give them one sentence. This is what the game is. This is my initial idea, like watered down into one complete thought and one, one bit of the essence of it. And that's the start of the development process. From there, you can go to a um, more elaborate 10 to 20 second, uh, somewhat elevator pitch, or a one paragraph pitch. Um, Often in the development process that I do with my students, we then go to a one page premise, where you write out all your thoughts, and you have a chance to look at those thoughts before you sit down in prototyping, and before you sit, sit down in development, and see, do these words work when I explain things to people? So you're almost doing like a self pitch at yes, that point. You're absolutely. like you're, you're you're saying, okay, this this game sort of like works in my head. Now yeah. I can go out and like find other people who are yeah, invested wor- in that. The worst possible thing is for someone to say, "What does that mean?" and you don't know what you mean when you tell them what your game is. You use some buzzwords, and you're not sure exactly how they fit in the development process or what they mean in relation to other people who are game designing or in the business that you intend to work in. Okay. Yeah. Anyone have questions about that? That's cool if you don't. Um, I did make a PowerPoint, but we do not have to follow it. But it's pretty, so I'll do it. Um, (laughs) So pitching during development. Um, Pitching for funding and investment is a little bit different than pitching for Kickstarter or pitching for... um, Actually, let me rephrase that. In this particular uh, PowerPoint, it was for you to talk about pitching at Kickstarter. And then the last thing that we were going to be talking about is pitching uh, at and for and during conventions and the individual sales and retail sales. And then imagine that there's another sentence at the bottom that says pitching to publishers. (laughs) Between the two of us, we can... can, Zev, have you had experience in crowdfunding at all? No, 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 I don't do... No experience with Kickstarter mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> at all. Um, so for for Kickstarter, it's interesting because you know you're not really pitching to you're you're, you're pitching directly to fans, um, and you actually uh, unlike a lot of other pitching situations, you have uh, a lot more like room. You know, there are some Kickstarter campaigns out there that are like 
you know, you just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And so, at, like, at what at what point does the pitch end, really? And so the whole the whole description is really all parts of your pitch, but the very very first part of your Kickstarter campaign is sort of your your what you, what you might be giving to a uh, giving to a publisher or the the elevator pitch version. Um, so everything, if you're trying to appeal to fans, that that very first thing right at the top needs to be basically what your what your pitch is. Um, there are of course tons of other things that you can do during a Kickstarter campaign to appeal to players, and I think when once we start talking about like box, that kind of ties into like what you might put on a box, and that sort of expands when you're in a Kickstarter campaign. So Kickstarters are kind of this funny middle space where you're simultaneously trying to pitch them and give them the kind of almost the full aesthetic experience of the game because you have that extra room. You have way more room than you have on a box. Um, you actually have the ability to dig in deeper to like, all right, uh, like we're on a bot, whereas on a box you might say, here are the components that are in the game. On a Kickstarter, you actually have the opportunity to be like, all right, here's what everything looks like. Might not necessarily be the best choice for you, but you have the room to do it. Um, so Kickstarter is kind of this funny, this funny place that's, a lot of publishers do it in different ways. Um, some, uh, like, some just try to give an aesthetic overview, and some try to dig in deeper with rules. Um, I don't think, honestly, that a lot of publishers have a super good handle on like what best Kickstarter strategy is. It probably depends on audience, wouldn't you think? Um, that's a complicated mm -hmm. question. Yeah, no. It's uh, a, I, uh, I left it completely open because thanks, it's a complicated question. Josh. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess one thing to think about in Kickstarter with Kickstarter is that there's t at least two different kinds of pitches that you're going to need to do. You need at least one video, um, and it makes sense to do a video pitch. And the video pitch is you're going to want to do a how-to-play video separate. Um, but the video pitch is, uh, and again, what you put in the video, your written trans, your written thing below that should not be a transcript of what's in the video. People react differently to video and audio than they do to writing. And the, uh, you're going to want to use different language in the written form than you are going to want to do in a video. Uh, if you write it all out and you do your video of what you wrote out, like exactly of your game, that video is going to be a snooze fest. And if you do a really uh, awesome uh, video that's really engaging and then you write it out, people are going to be like, it seems really flaky. Um, just because of the nature of uh, verbal communication versus written communication. Um, and so that's something where you want to be able to write multiple different ways of pitching the same game. Yeah. The, the, uh, the interesting thing about Kickstarter uh, is you have this... Uh, extremely multi-tiered approach to how you're pitching. So you have the video, you have the campaign itself, and then even a lot of people are expecting the the full, you know, maybe not the final rulebook, but like a rulebook. And so you have to think about how you line up, okay, I'm going to give them this chunk of information here, I'm going to give them my like one paragraph pitch, and then alongside that the video which is accomplishing different goals. Uh, and then as you kind of go throughout the rest of your campaign, you have to think about like, all right, who, like, am I going to have a serious audience who wants to see the rule book? Um, how much do they want? Like, what are, what are the demands of, of my audience, basically? And if, you, so uh, 
Kickstarters are funny because you're trying to understand uh, how much effort you put in, like how much effort you put into something before you actually know that you're getting money. So uh, understanding uh, how how much you need to put into each level of that pitch is going to be important. Um, so maybe don't do a, a full graphic design on your rule book. Maybe just give the people what they want and give them the information they want without making it pretty. Um, because uh, something as complicated as a rule book is going to be a kind of a later tier of information. It's going to be something that only your like hardcore, more hardcore part of the audience is even going to want to look at. You know, some of the people coming to the Kickstarter are going to just like look at the art that you have and be like, oh yeah, that looks looks good. I like the aesthetic. Yeah. Some people look at that in the pitch. Some people will go deeper and finally get to the rule book. So yeah. tune the amount of effort that you put uh, based on how many people you think are actually going to see that part of your pitch. So we've been using the term pitch, and we've been talking about a lot of different things already. Yes. Uh, we have, you know, the one-sentence pitch, we have the elevator pitch, the one-paragraph pitch, and then the fully interactive relies on the internet in the technological age of Kickstarter pitching. Yep. So we are... There, pitching is not just one thing. It is multiple things that change as you move through the process and as you go back and revise and as you you know take feedback back. Even when you're using Kickstarter, you're going to get feedback from the Kickstarter uh, from Kickstarter themselves. They also give you feedback, and you're using um, what is currently <coughs> on hand for for everyone. Everyone has a mobile device. Everyone can go to Kickstarter. Kickstarter is what has become the Facebook of crowdfunding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, so sad. It's, it's insidious in a lot of ways. And you make decisions about using, uh, using Facebook, using mm -hmm. Kickstarter for your pitching of your, of your game development. And it's the same for, in a lot of ways, for analog games and digital games. And I don't know if anyone here is, is doing digital games, but you are using the tools at hand. And the tools at hand may be foreign to you in that, you know... I make, I'm making an RPG. I'm not you know, used to doing video editing or used to doing interactive design or used, used to doing the user experience design. So you need to consider what your needs are to get your game out there and people interested in your game. And that's really what pitching is, is figuring out how to interest people and entice them into your process. As a, let me just, as quick, it really is, it's one thing. I mean, a pitch is a pitch is a pitch is a pitch. A pitch is you're bringing your idea of what you've done across to somebody else. That's what a pitch is. The difference is the mode of transportation yeah. of yeah. that pitch. The, the form depending factor. The format. But all a pitch is, is you are trying to tell somebody, this is what my product is about. And the product in this case being a game. Yeah. That's the same across everywhere. Again, it's just how you show it to everybody. So it really is the same thing, not to be confused. Even if we say one sentence pitch, the, a paragraph, it's still that idea is what do I do to get across? It's just different modes of transportation of that idea based on what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the basic one sentence pitch is this is a blank game that blanks. Uh, hopefully your game it's going to fill in the blanks. Eh? Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. That was bad. I'll just... <laughs> let me, let me go. Uh, yeah, it's, it is late. But um, uh, how snappy that fill in the blanks is, um, is not... It needs to really be functional first. It needs mm -hmm. to actually elucidate your ideas. Um, worry less about buzzwords. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and more about clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Josh can speak a lot to yeah, clarity. Yeah, I, I mean, so my trade is in uh, editing. Uh, and so basically my day-to-day is figuring out how to make some, like basically do like a Vulcan mind meld on someone and be like, tell me what your idea is in the most concise way possible. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, the, I mean, the one, the one sentence pitch, uh, interestingly enough, each, each form of pitch is both kind of harder and easier because when you get so small like this, um, you're you're kind of forced. I feel like the more room you have to pitch, like if you have like it's like okay, uh, you get to pitch us in three paragraphs. I feel like you have way more room to mess up in those three paragraphs than you do in the one sentence pitch. Given uh, like as as long as long as you can tell them in the one sentence pitch what type of game it is. So like I'll always start with, okay, is it a board game? Is it a card game? Is it a role playing game? Like give that, split it into one of those broad categories first, because if you just say game, you know, people will just be like, uh, okay, all right. Like what, ha- what, what am I imagining here at the table in front of me? So. I have a, I have a question. Mm-hmm. So where would they use a one sentence pitch? Um, certainly, and final sales. Uh, uh, I love one sentence pitches because if I'm selling, especially at a con, um, uh, and I have 150 games on my table, um, I need to know, be able to reduce the game to one sentence um, uh, because someone's like, I have people come up, uh, uh, tell me about three games, but I have to go to my panel in four minutes. I'm like, all right, this is a game that does this. This is a game that does this. This is a d- game that does this. Uh, what are you looking for? Um, and having that rapid fire of, of being able to do, I mean, that's kind of a, a specific, but for retailers, having the essentialism is great, especially um, because if, let's say, I'm looking at a catalog to buy games, uh, 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 catalogs, the picture of your game is this big. That's that beautiful cover art you spent all that money on for the graphic design. <laughs> it's this big. Uh, it is a postage stamp that I'm like squinting at. And then there is one sentence next to it. If it's like 10 sentences next to it, I'm not going to read that. You spent all that time and effort, but like TLDR, next page. Yeah. Um, because I got to read like... Uh, for me, it's like I have to read 600 comic book descriptions and like 400 game de- descriptions for my ordering yeah. and pick 20 of each that I'm going to buy, right? Yeah. The other place would be the tagline on Kickstarter. So on, oh, every, yeah. so on every Kickstarter, you have the title and then you have a basically one sentence tagline. It's like, you know, this is, this, this is a game about uh, action and adventure. You know, it, yeah. you, you get uh, give the very basic flavor in the tagline of the Kickstarter. That's... In the Kickstarter model, that's where this would fit in. But in traditional publishing, I imagine you don't hear that quite, the no. one sentence quite you, as much. You have you have more time than that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that that the only way that would help if you broke it down to something like uh, it's you know Carcassonne meets uh, Jedi mind tricks, <laughs> and then I could say, all right, so maybe there's tile laying games and there's you know mind stuff going on there. And then I might say, okay, that's intriguing. Let me hear more. But again, generally, you have way more than that one sentence to work with. Yeah. Um, Which is our. So yeah, let's let's move on to when you're beyond a sentence. 
Um, so the elevator pitch. So the elevator pitch, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, in this one, so there, there's three things that you could say right away. You can, use, you can still use the one sentence part uh, and, and add what I'm going to say to the 10 second thing. So you could say this is Carcassonne meets Jedi mind tricks, for example. And then you can say these three things. Answer these questions when you pitch. Who are you in the game? What are you doing in the game? How do you win the game? So you could say, you know, you know, I, I'm a, I, I'm a Jedi master who's uh, building up a Jedi temple by laying tiles together, and I win by having the largest temple. Okay, there you go. So thank you, you know, and then I can say, oh, that's interesting, or not for me, or so on, and then you move on. But now you've given me a pretty nice guide as to what the game is about and I can decide if it's something for me or not. So you give, you've given much more information in that, in that brief 10-second pitch. So mm-hmm. that's what I would suggest that is. That's the question. Because you're not going to have time to say, I thought up the idea while I was in the shower. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, my friend loved this game. No one's going to care about that stuff. You've you got to distill it, as uh, they said, to its most minimalist information that is exciting, unique, different, cool, yeah. and so on. And and see, what we haven't heard here yet is much talk about mechanics specifically, because at this point, you just don't have the time you at all. Have, no. Unless it's the most unique thing you have, then you can probably uh, mention that. That's something like, here we are. So again, I'm a Jedi Master, and with the alpha waves in my brain, I'm able to move <laughs> the tiles that way, ooh, okay, that's pretty cool. But again, yes, you do not have time to go into yep. the kind of mechanics uh, the game is. And actually, by saying this is Carcassonne meets that, you're possibly giving me some of the mechanics. Again, tile laying, am I placing meeples on a tile and scoring? Even though you didn't tell me, but now I have an idea of the kind of game it is. So yep. you've, auto, you've sort of given the idea of what the mechanics could be mm-hmm. a, involved. A bad pitch is just mechanics. A bad pitch is, well, it's a trick-taking, deck-building, competitive right. trader game. <laughs> yep. And it's like, that's word salad, right? Um, uh, and unfortunately, we want word gourmet meal, mm-hmm. not <laughs> salad. You should oh. also be very aware of the, the context that you're giving this pitch in, because if you're pitching at publishing, at that point is very different when you're pitching at networking or you're pitching at development or you're pitching at Kickstarter. So you have the, the time limit you have might be the same for all four of those instances, but what you focus on and how you talk about it is going to be dependent on you understanding the situation that you're in and when, when it's appropriate to pitch what. Yeah, because if people, if the person you're pitching to doesn't know what Carcassonne is, for example, like, I mean, given there's probably not a lot of them, geez, the the worst example, you know, if if, if they don't understand what you're comparing it to, then they're going to be as confused as when you started pitching. So, know your audience. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to skip through that one. Um... Ah, let's, um, you have a full list of questions, don't you, Zev? Uh, yeah, but it's it's pertains mostly to pitching to a publisher. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, let's so change the words. So imagine, yeah. imagine that it says publishing. Yeah, instead so, of <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I've done uh, you know many conventions. They have uh, they do speed dating, which is they do publisher designer 
five-minute pitches, and then the publisher goes around the table and meets eight, nine, 10, 20 designers, whatever. They usually do it on uh, an hourly basis and then take a break. Then if they have more people, uh, they've done that. So you have usually five minutes in those things. And uh, there are times you can set up an appointment with a publisher and meet with them, and you might have five minutes, you might have a half hour. Depends on the publisher and so on. So the first thing you're gonna want, no matter what, in any of those situations, you need to have a sell sheet. That is probably your most important friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That is probably the biggest thing you're going to want to have on hand because I, even if your pitch was cool, I'm hearing 40 pitches at a convention. How am I going to remember yours? And I might say, you know what? I heard about this, but I don't have their contact and I don't remember anything else. So the sell sheet is... Uh, is uh, you would not you would not better have uh, a sell sheet. Here. Oh, I wish I did. I, I would. I, I was hoping somebody would have uh, a sell sheet. Here. But basically, a sell sheet is a one like eight and a half by eleven piece of paper. It's one sided. It will have the name of the game. It'll have your contact info. It might have a little picture of the prototype, the game stats, uh, playing age, not as much, but number of players and game time. And then you're going to have uh, like a sentence or two of maybe the setting of the game and actually. Who are you? What are you doing? How do you win? Maybe a little bit of mechanics. And then what you think is cool and unique about this game, meaning why as a publisher should I buy this game? What are you presenting to me I've not seen anywhere else? And that's all the information here. And again, your contact, I did mention your contact. So again, I've seen 40 pitches, but I'm taking this with me. And when I look through all my sell sheets, I could say, I remember this. Oh, look, there's the email. I'm going to send an email. Let me look at a rule book. Let me look at a prototype or so on. So sell sheet, very, 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 very important, whether you're doing the speed dating thing or just meeting with a, uh, a publisher in their office or whatnot at a convention. When I say office, at their booth, drop off a sell sheet. That's yeah, and, and number one thing. And that last part, uh, you know, why, it, why it's unique and important, that's, that's kind of a funny one because often... Uh, it's important to like look at what the publisher is interested in, like what their line is, what you know, what is what is perhaps missing in their line, and so like how do you how do you get to that point where you write something that's uh, speci you know specific enough to appeal, but general enough so that enough publishers are like, oh, okay, okay maybe I could see this in my line. <laughs> uh, you ha you have to know the publisher you're meeting with. You've set up the appointment, so it's you're going in thinking this is the publisher that will like this type of game. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now in the speed dating situation, you may not. There, there, you know, there are publishers that only do party games. If you don't have a party game, doesn't matter. They're part of this thing. They're gonna sit down and maybe you'll just look at each other for five minutes. <laughs> but, but you have no choice. There, there, there's nothing you do about it. But generally, if you're gonna be contacting a publisher, the assumption is you're contacting a publisher that you feel is right for this game. So it should already all be uh, you know, they won't look at it and say, oh, I don't do yep. that sort of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And, and even if not, they may say, you know, everything else is cool. Maybe I'll give it a try because it sounds cool. So there's that as well. But yeah, if you're going to, if you have a serious Euro game and you go to a, a party game publisher, no compatibility there, you're not going to get anywhere. And you've just wasted your time and their time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, your if, audience once again. Yeah. Like if you have an RPG and you go to Asmodee, it's probably a bad yeah. place. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, uh, 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 do your homework. The shotgun approach does not work with publishing. Like you're just gonna uh, alienate a professional who will then think less of you for not doing your homework that maybe in the future you're gonna wanna engage with. Yep. Um, right. So then if you do say this is like Carcassonne with that, 
the publisher should know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they've never yeah. played it, they should at least have some have idea. An idea. And worst comes to worst, they'll go somewhere and look it up yeah. and say, oh, okay, that's what Carcassonne is. Yeah. So, but again, you're not going someone outside the industry where they might say, what the heck is a Carcassonne kind of yeah. thing. So uh, again, you're talking, this is within the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh. so. When it comes to sell sheets, um, I, I think you said this, but uh, make sure that you put your specifications for your, if you have a game size, so like your box um, box size and that sort of thing, if you're in prototyping for your game. Yeah, I didn't say that, but yes, yeah, some people do put box size and also list of components. Yeah. And that could be very important because, again, I guess it goes with if I'm a publisher of small games and you're bringing me a game that has, you know, 300 pieces of wood, 500 cards and all Injection that, I'm going to say, plastic, inje- yeah. right about, they say I, I can't do this. This is yeah. not mine. So, yeah, you're right. You could probably have that. But, again, you're hopefully contacting a publisher that is okay with that sort of thing. But, yeah, having a box size helps. Uh, it's cool. And you you have absolutely room for all this information and not and, and still it won't be crowded to the eye. It can still be very pleasing. You don't have to graphically design it beautifully. It's just as long as the information is clear, concise, you've you've hit all the points mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um I think, I think we so, yeah. got through that. Uh, so yeah. that's so she yeah. Yeah. Uh we touch upon this uh, so now let's say it is the publisher designer pitch, yeah. you have the five minutes or so on. So again you have five minutes Sometimes it goes by surprisingly fast, sometimes <laughs> agonizingly slow. Uh, the main thing is, again, you got to keep to your point. Don't meander in a pitch. Again, don't, oh, I thought of this idea while I was in the shower. Or I played this and all my friends love it and it's the game they always ask me. I, I don't care. I, I need to know what the game is about. Teach me what the game is about. Again, who am I? What am I doing? How do I win? Okay, here's the components. You'll have it set up. Here's some of the ideas that are going on in the game. And like that. So you want to keep always to the point. Just keep to what the game is. Don't go on any tangents. I got marketing. I mean, we, I had one pitch where somebody was telling me how to market the game. So that's not your job. That, I don't care. That's probably not what I'm going to do. It's, it's terrible. And he just wasted time. And, and I had to stop them and said, this is going way wrong here. So again, just stick to the game. You're selling me your game. Not well, you know, what kind of art it needs, what kind of marketing or anything. It's you got to engage me in that game first. Let me like it. Then we can talk about other things. That's a big thing. Yeah. Don't meander. How does that differ for... Yeah, and so in the role the role playing game space, um, we're, we're not even looking for full, you know... <laughs> like, we, we, we literally just, like... We usually just want a paragraph and some of your earlier writing. And so the important things uh, when you're trying to approach role playing game publishers are, okay, first of all, know the... No, if if they have like one big system that they're doing, know what that system is good for. So like if uh, you're pitching to Evil Hat, for example, um, Fate, uh, our main uh, game line, is all about uh, very proactive, high action characters. Uh, you know, we're we're less about like like horror is kind of on the lower lower end of things that uh, we're interested in. So like know sort of what the system is good at and not good at, unless you think your idea is like, uh, um, um, unless you're a system expert and have the chops to do otherwise, don't try to pitch something that the system just straight isn't good for. So uh, know at least a little bit about the system 
Um, if the role-playing game publisher has like a specific line that they're looking for for submissions to, so for example, Evil Hat has the Fate Worlds line, which is like fifteen thousand words supplements that kind of stack on top of Fate. Um, know sort of what that line already has. You know, if for example, you see that it already has a game about like you know just your yield fantasy game or a game like we have a game in the line that's about magical cats. So if you see that we have a game about magical cats, probably don't pitch us a game about magical cats. Um, but so yeah, we want to see an idea that is different from what we've, what we've already done, that demonstrates that you sort of know what the system is about, um, just in terms of the content of your pitch. Um, and then we're always going to want some writing samples from you and. Honestly, I think the for me uh, the writing samples are more important even than the idea itself because if the idea is not great but I see that your writing is like really good, then at least I can be like, yeah, I I I, th I think. Uh, do we want to wait until the end for questions or? No, we can. Let's, okay, let's, uh, play, uh, let's yeah. pop um, at, at least if your writing is good and the idea is bad, we can be like, okay, well. Uh, this doesn't really fit in with what we do, but we can see that you're a talented writer. Um, so in your in your writing samples, it's really important to put in things that are representative of you, that show you that you have varied talents, not just that like you can only write about the brooding like you know. If all three of your writing samples are a brooding guy being brooding about being sad. We're not going to know anything about your writerly abilities. So show us varied writing that shows you're flexible, uh, and like uh, make sure that you like edit and proofread your writing samples. Because like literally, if I see in like the you know paragraph or two samples, like in total like three paragraphs, if I see like egregious mistakes, that just tells me that you don't care. So like just give it to somebody you like, and be like. Is this fine? And then maybe do it one more time. Just like make make sure that the little bit of work that you submit is good, because role playing game publishers, um, we write a lot more words. You know, we're writing tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of words in a book, and so the better the writer is to begin with, that means that we have a lot less to worry about when we move on in the process. You're less likely to have mistakes in your text if you read it out loud. Um, if you read it to yourself, you're more likely to just recognize words and not see typos. And typos are not words that are misspelled, they're words that your computer corrected that are incorrect. <laughs> so read it out loud and then read it out loud to someone else and you're more likely to catch things before you show it to someone yeah. important. Why does it say monkey here instead of money? <laughs> like, that's yes. what thing. Yes. That game sounds brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, you had a question. Uh, as in regards to writing samples, like, what are you looking for? Like, like past RPG writing experience? Well, usually the publisher will tell you they will say, we want to see game-specific experience or system-specific experience uh, or just general fic... Like, usually, um, usually fiction writing will be fine, just fiction writing of any sort, because a lot of role-playing game writing is you're making a fictional setting. So if you're competent in that, you're, you're, we're, we're getting quite a, quite, quite a ways to, to where we want to be. Um, it's not always necessary that you show system expertise. The publisher will usually tell you whether or not you need to be like a true expert. Because like for example, at Evil Hat, we are all about bringing on people who may not necessarily be like seasoned game writers. You know, we, we, we won't bring on a whole crew of unseasoned people, but we want like 
one of our tenets is to bring on lots of different kinds of people because different kinds of people have different sorts of writing styles, different sorts of topics they're interested in. We want that the the fresh we want the, the writing juices. We want that, <laughs> the, that unique thing that you're interested in and that you might even have a background in. So for example, um, uh, we got a pitch uh, that was about, have any of you heard of CRISPR? So, okay. So CRISPR is a gene editing technology. That's, that's basically what it is. We got a pitch from a scientist who had worked on this stuff, and her pitch was about that thing. And I was like, that is really interesting. You actually have expertise in this, and you're a good writer? All right, you don't even need to know anything about the system. We want to see that happen, so we'll make it happen. Um, and especially if the system is simpler and won't require as much coaching in, yeah, like go... Uh, even if you don't have experience in the system, it, it doesn't hurt as long as you have an idea that you have confident, confidence or background in and that you can write well. So. Um, all right. Uh, where are we on time? Just because we want to leave. 938. Yeah, yeah, it's 938. Um, uh, do people have questions? Because I don't want us to keep like rolling and rolling and rolling. Uh, if you, and I want to give enough time for questions. Mm -hmm. Anyone? I had a question. You mentioned uh, these... Um, speed dating uh, venues mm -hmm. with the yep. developers and the designers and, and the publishers. Where do you find those? Where do I? Uh, usually, uh, certainly Origins, Gen Con, uh, and pretty much uh, a lot of regional shows are starting to do that or something similar, uh, like Geekway to the West. While they didn't have an official speed dating tournament, they had what's called like Prototype Alley. So they just had designers occupy tables in an area and people could just walk up and ask what the game is about. So that was also for demos as well as me. I, as a publisher, I came and said, all right, give me you know, a five minute pitch and so on about the game. And if I liked it, maybe I sat down and played it. So really a, a lot of the shows have, have that available. You just gotta look in their event schedule. Um, and uh, yeah, look for it. It's usually called speed dating, publisher designer, uh, not meetup, but a publisher designer get together kind of thing. But yeah, definitely hit, hit the big shows and look for something like that, or again, a prototype alley. Uh, and then there are other venues like Unpub, Protospiel, these are places that are for, like Metatopia, for designers to show off their stuff. And sometimes there's a little track where publishers will be able to look at stuff. Maybe we'll ask Abby if we can do one next year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you should, absolutely. Yeah. You get enough publishers here, yeah, so yeah. Might as well. you yeah. can absolutely do that. We had a question up here in the front so first. I'm actually just going to add to that because I did it at Gen Con. There is a Facebook group called the Card and Board Game Designers Guild. Um, James Matthew runs most of the speed dating events there, and when he opens it up for submissions, he will make a couple of posts in that um, that Facebook group. To the wedding answer. It's the Card and Board Game Designers Guild. Yeah, and what's good is I know at least one year. I don't know if he does that, does it now? But there was one year where he actually broke up. Remember, I talked about like if I'm a party game publisher and you don't, and I, we're just sitting awkwardly. Uh, there was a time where they broke up the track to uh, here's uh, all the party game designers are sitting at this table. So if you're a party game publisher or interested in party games, then sign up for that track. Uh, I, but I don't know if he does that all the time now because. Uh, I don't think so uh, anymore. All right. It's but a lot of work. It, it is a lot of work, but it means screening uh, all the people there. But 
Right, another question over here. Yes. Yeah, what, what about, uh, so if writing is important, mm -hmm. what about illustrations and sort of background history of the fantasy world for an RPG? For an RPG? Uh, unless you are a, you know, I mean, if you're a really good illustrator, um, Fortunately, I'm not the illustrator. <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, you can always you can always like say, and I have a great illustrator. Like, we'll be willing to listen to you. Certainly. Like for uh, like in my experience with Evil Hat, we we have illustrators for all sorts of different styles. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that the game that you're making, the style of the illustrations, not just the content of the illustrations, but also the style matches. And so if you have, you know, a friend who is a very good illustrator and whose style you think matches um, the pitch you want to make, I mean, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say, like, you know, if you're sending an email with your, your pitch and your writing samples, um, like, no more than, like, you know, also, I have an illustrator. Like, don't d don't play it up any more than just like. Also, I have an illustrator. That's that's it. Like, we we yeah. Uh, art and illustration matters more for card and board game design pitching, um, because cards and board games are inherently more than just text that you're interacting with. Um, and so, if you have a sell sheet, um, having uh, an illustration of what your game looks like or a piece of your car or that sort of thing that can be helpful um, but it's not always necessary or anything like that yeah I mean when you're pitching to a publisher yeah. yeah so there's the pitching and then there's the prototyping right you're having a prototype and many people ask do I need to have art on in my prototype the answer is no does it help sure if it's good art uh, it, it as long as everything is legible Someone like me, I, I'm okay with it. As long as I can read the cards, I can understand what they are and what they do, I don't need the art at all. So no. you don't need to invest in paying for art to build up your prototype in order to show a publisher. Yeah, and and for Kickstarters, um, this is kind of where it, it, it flips, right? Yeah. Because, because when you're doing a Kickstarter, oh man, people love that art. People are not going to pledge to your Kickstarter if you don't have any art on it. You know, Kickstarters follow the, um, the pitch presentation for digital games, for video games, and those pitch documents are filled with all the art and all of like the feel behind the game. And that's what a lot of Kickstarters are doing because they're, they're appealing to you visually as a consumer, Sorry. not as a publisher, not as a bit like a game company. They are saying, you should connect with my game and I'm gonna connect visually with you and then convince you to give me money. Yeah, that's why whenever, like a lot of people come to me and they're like, I'm making a game, here are my rules, I want you to edit them. I'm like, do you have a graphic designer? Like you're you're doing this on Kickstarter, right? And they're like, yes, I'm doing this on Kickstarter. I'm like, do you have a graphic designer? No, I don't have a graphic designer. Uh, I'll say, don't hire me. <laughs> you don't need an editor at this point, you need a graphic designer. Because if you have a graphic designer and you get them to make art for you and you know make your game nice and pretty, and then you put it on Kickstarter, um, as long as your rules are functional, again, that's that, the only the, the hardcore people are going to care about that. And they're, they're, most of the people going onto your Kickstarter are gonna be like, all right, does the aesthetic of this game immediately appeal to me? Your, your cost to benefit ratio, you know, um, the amount of benefit you're getting for each dollar is gonna be way higher if you're investing that in aesthetic, aesthetic, aesthetic things rather than in the kind of later in production process things like making sure your rules are well edited and, and understandable. Definitely um, 
th think about getting somebody to write your your copy for the Kickstarter, but don't worry so much about that later in the production process stuff. Think about what will get you money now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Kickstarter, so that's actually a little epiphany Well, as you were saying that. Because you are selling to the end consumer, so they need to see what the end product is going to look like. Yep. As opposed to sending it to me, I'm gonna make the end product. So you just gotta pitch me to get interested in, I'm the one that's gonna be hiring the graphic designer, the artist, and everything else. And then I have to sell that to the retailer, the distributor, and mm -hmm. so on. So I guess that's why, yes, Kickstarter, you need the good art and everything because you're bypassing all that and you're telling, hey, this is why you should buy my game and look at the quality you're getting, yep. the writing, the artist, yep. you know, the, the, the art, the, the game itself, and so on. So yeah, that's... Uh, so then, are publishers more interested? Are publishers just not interested in sort of a final product? No, the, only the game. You you do not have to present graphic design, art, nothing. They just want to see the game. The game must work for them, or they may like it enough and they said no, it's it's broken. We need to develop it. That's something else, and that happens as well. So many times they'll change your game, but they love the kernel of the idea. But you don't have to go here. You go. You don't have to do anything else with it. No, that's not going to happen. So, and you don't have to invest in making that happen. You just got to present a legibly produced game so they can test it, and then they'll go from there. Yeah. Thanks. Um, are the tabletop uh, game publishers using the same pitch to the retail stores as they're using to the distributors? Uh, it's it's close. Well, so we don't normally. Except when we go to a distributor open house where the retailers come, we are pitching the retailers, right? We're trying to sell them the same thing, but it's probably similar information to what we give to a distributor. Again, yeah. the posted size stamp yeah. cover art. So you want to show the cover art, you do give a sentence or two or three of what the uh, thing is. But we're already also telling them, here's the price it's going to be. Probably here's the components. And I guess as a retailer, you're weighing the value of the price versus all the components that are in there yeah and like distributors are going to be like well what's your case quantity uh what's right. the weight of the game um uh how much is this gonna cost <laughs> me in shipping you know the it's stuff like, they need it, to run their business yeah so. um so like um uh knowing your audience of the the details that uh especially when you're working with another professional um knowing what they are actually looking for doing a little bit of research so if you're pitching to a distributor okay they want to sell your game in volume they're going to need to deal with shipping um so uh articulating to them what manufacturer is going to be uh especially if you're self-publishing where manufacturing is coming from where uh when the distributor is going to be getting things case size that's all going to be really in and so like you might not think of that as part of your pitch but knowing Knowing your product, knowing it well, is one of, and having confidence in knowing all the steps of where things are, that makes me want to buy a game. Because if you know your shit, I am more confident in your product. Um, and, and again, the pitch to the retailers, so I've pitched retailers, I'm actually giving them the information they're probably going to use on you guys. Yeah. I'm going to tell them, this is how you sell the game. Here's selling points of the game. And they'll probably use the same thing. And they may say, hey, this is Carcassonne with Jedi mind tricks. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because that's the thing that they're going to try to bring across. So yeah. in effect, they're going to do the one sentence or 10 second elevator pitch to them. But as a as the publisher, I'm probably going to have to help them do that unless they break out the game 
themselves and you have so many games you can't but you may break out a game yourself and then by displaying it sell it and or having a staff member or somebody really liking it and maybe developing their own pitch for the game because they know the customer and they know how to sell hey I know you bought you know XYZ this is the next thing in your line it fits everything else that you're doing so they're going to tailor that pitch there but I have to give them the retailer enough information so that they could say why is this going to stand out in my shelf mm-hmm. you know yeah. how am I going to make it move off my shelf among all those other games yeah so uh, if someone just develops a game and they've got a Kickstarter already uh, is it too late to have to a publisher <laughs> <laughs> uh, with me yes uh, I, I won't do it uh there are some publishers that will take a game that's already kickstarted, but that's you have to just ask. Uh, to, to me, it's not worth it because if you fund it, so I won't say, hey, that's great, but I'm looking at, well, those that's ex-backers that are not going to buy the game that I print. So how many do I print? You know, if I do 3,000 and 2,000 people bought your game, do I do 1,000 now? Do I still do 3,000? And then if your game didn't fund, and I liked it, then it's like, well, now there's no interest. Is it because you ran a bad Kickstarter? Did it not just get out there? Why am I taking the chance now? So there's too many X factors, so I won't do it. A lot of, re- a lot of publishers I know also won't do it, but there are some that might. If, if they feel there are legs to that game, you know, uh, that they feel they can sell it after the Kickstarter market, they'll give it a shot, but I think it's very hard. Well, let me put a twist on that. So let's say you've kickstarted the game and it did okay. Um, but now you have an expansion for that game. Would, would a publisher maybe in that should pick that no, up? No, I doubt it very much. They would want the base game. Why would they sell the well, expansion? I mean, I mean, if, if but then, it, but then but it's, it goes to the first part of my question. I don't know if I'd be worth doing your base game because you've already done the base game. Now you're asking me to hopefully get an expansion to it and I don't know. A uh, question for Joshua. Mm-hmm. So Zev gave us uh, three things to mention in uh, in our ten second elevator yep. pitch. As a, an RPG guy, yeah. uh, what would you add to a five minute publisher pitch mm-hmm. uh, that would not be present in the ten to twenty second elevator? So are you are you pitching like a full uh, self contained role playing game sure, or let's like? Go with that. Okay. Okay. Sure. okay. Um, so basically. Uh, I mean, a lot. A lot of what Zev said still applies. You want to you want to tell them uh, who 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 you are in the game is. You know, that's that's like the essential aspect of a role playing game, right? You are playing these roles, so who who you actually are um, is going to be really really important. Um, so yeah, I mean, who 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 you are. Um, uh, what you're doing is an interesting thing because. Um, Role-playing games can fit lots of different form factors. You might have games that are um, one-shot focused. You might have campaign games. Um, so trying to give a sense of maybe like uh, uh, trying to give a sense of what sort of crowd it would appeal to, whether it's for long-form gamers, whether it's uh, whether it's better for one-shots. Um, giving giving a sense of of that sort of play uh, is important because some publishers will be more or less interested in one type over the other. Um, you know, if you're pitching to like uh, an indie pu- an indie publisher versus, I mean, that's that's another thing is if you're pitching to an indie publisher that's doing lots of eclectic designs, that's going to be very different from pitching to a publisher who ha- already has 
established lines uh, in their in their wheelhouse. So if they already have established lines, you're going to be you're going to want to be very clear on how your book fits into those lines. Um, it's because sometimes it won't it won't be immediately apparent. Um, if you don't already have relations with that publisher, you might find it very hard to do anything other than say like. I, you do all of these things. Here's exactly how this fits into your line. Here's a here's a hole in your line right now. I'd like to I'd like to write this. Um, at that point, though, you might have to demonstrate that you have some credit, some credentials. Um, it it. If, if you're, it, it depends upon whether you're trying to get on a team as a writer or you have this whole product idea that you're trying to pitch to them. It's much, much more difficult to pitch a whole role-playing game product um, to a role-playing game publisher um, unless you have like a smaller, self-contained, lower risk to print like indie thing. Um, you might actually have also some, some input on role-playing game stuff from the publisher perspective um i do because i help a lot of designers self-publish um uh and i work with a lot of consulting on that um and so um for specifically role-playing games um you know we talked about before how you want to stay away from mechanics uh and you do want to stay away from mechanics but um, there are certain keywords in the industry. Um, so this is a story-driven yes. game. Yes. This is a Powered by the Apocalypse game. Uh, this is an OSR game. Yep. Um, that sort of thing uh, immediately will make uh, a publisher or uh, an investor or, or you know anyone know what genre you're in. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you can easily say, okay, this is a Powered by the Apocalypse game, and then go into your theme. Uh, and they're going to know exactly what audience it's being marketed to. Um, uh, what you know, the there's a lot that's already baked in by listing um, uh, the system type that it's going to be. If you have a completely unique unique system, um, breaking down, uh, this is a campaign game. This is a story game. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this is again OSR is, is great. Like there's, you want to make sure that you're kind of focused on the player type that you're carrying. Yeah, because if you pitch an OSR game to Evil Hat, we might raise an eyebrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, do you actually know who we are as a publisher? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> any other questions? I think that's we're I think at the end. We, I think we're out of time. Yep. We're out of time. Um, all right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Now we will attempt to not fall off the stage. <laughs>